This is known as the triumphal entry. And that's what those kids just saying is exactly what happened in that time frame. And we're going to we're going to see that. But I've got a question for all of us. And and this the question for you is this. Have you ever heard this phrase right here? You're missing the point. If you're married, you have heard this, right? Come on, come on. You know you've heard this, right? If, if you're in any kind of relationship, you have heard this at one point or, or another. Um, at work, you're, one of your co-workers may have said this you know, to you. You have heard this idea somewhere. I certainly have. I've heard it from my wife. I've heard it from my co-workers. And it, and it made me begin to think. Am I just that thick-headed? You know, do I, do I wear blinders like that? But as I thought about this, I thought, I do not. There's one place I do not want to hear this from. And that's from Jesus. And I know I have. I know I've missed the point. Uh, but, man, I want to strive to understand. I want to tr- strive to understand and see what God is doing and be a part of it. So the big idea for today that I want us to walk away with is this. God uses people to accomplish his work and sometimes donkeys. I thought about putting another word for donkey. But I thought yeah, it may not go over too well in church, right? But hey, we struggle with this, don't we? There's some of you that would hear this and you, you are thinking, but God can never do me. I'm not one of those people. God couldn't use me to accomplish his work. I'm too far. You don't know my background. You don't understand where I've come from. I'm not like somebody in the Bible. And today you're going to see you absolutely are. You're just like them. You and I are no different from the people that we read about in the scriptures. They did not have superhero powers. God wants to use you. And the question is this. God is working. Can you see it? God is actually calling. Can you hear him? Can you? Can you see God at work? He's calling you. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter how much education you have or the lack of education that you have. It doesn't matter your job. Or lack of job. His heart is to use people. And he's working. Can you see it? And can you hear the call? So, in Luke chapter 19, we are going to look at the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. This is what it's called. I want to show you an an image. I want to show you this image because I want you to get this in your head as we read through the story. I I, I want you to understand the the topography. Thank you. Um, uh, In this, because... Because this makes it, this is, it makes a difference. So, down here on, your, on the screen, if you look down to the bottom right-hand corner, that's Bethany. That's where they're starting out at in our story. And they're ascending. They're going up a mountain, the Mount of Olives. On the way up to Mount Olives, as they are on the mount and going up, they come across Bethpage. There's, they'll get a donkey. And God will use that. And then they will continue to break the summit 
of Mount Olives. And then they'll come down the mountain. You can't tell real clear here in the uh, picture, but that's actually, they would descend and the, in the Kidron Valley, and then they come up again on another mountain, and that is Jerusalem, because Jerusalem actually sits on top of a mountain. So have that in your mind. Um, here's a Google image snapshot of that very area from a couple of years ago, from Mount Olives. Uh, and if you see Mount Olives there, and then you look over into Jerusalem, and in between Jerusalem and Mount Olives is the Kidron Valley, and you see the temple and uh, the Golden Dome over there. That's Jerusalem. Now, just let that imagery sit in your mind as we read through the story. So, uh, Jesus, in verse 28, starting in verse 28, Luke 19, Matthew and Mark give us this same story. They, have, uh, they, they share their perspective. Luke is sharing his perspective. Jesus went toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. And as he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples ahead of him. And he said, go into that village over there, he told them. And as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it. And bring it here. So I want us to notice that he's saying go. Because he's talking about people. Because God uses people to accomplish his work. And he's calling them to go somewhere. To go do something. There's a call to action. And I want you to hear this. That God has a call of action to you. South County, God has a call of action for you. And anyone who's watching online. God has a call of action for you. And notice, he says, when you get there, you're going to see a donkey. Now, this, this is actually a, a prophecy that is in the process of being fulfilled. Several hundred years before this ever happened, Zechariah, in Zechariah 9.9, prophesied that the Messiah was going to come on a donkey. Here it is. Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph. Oh, people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a, colt, a donkey's colt, actually. They hear that in this culture, for a king to come riding on a donkey, it would, it's a sign of humility. It's a sign of a peaceful Royalty, not a warrior coming in to capture or fight people. But there were some people there that were missing the point. They were looking for a warrior on a horse, not a king coming in humility. Back in our story, back in the text, in verse 31 and 32, if anyone asks, why are you untying the colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and they found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners you know, came out of the house, if you will. And they asked the question, why are you untying my colt? This is my colt. And the, disciple, the, the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. I want us to think about that for a second. And I just can't get this imagery out of my head. A couple weeks ago, I'm, uh, Maggie and I are sitting down going through this text. And Maggie says, 
every time I hear this. And ever since she did this, she stuck this in my head. She says, Rick, this sounds like the uh, the Mandalorian. And when he says, these are not the droids you're looking for. (laughs) This is the way. I cannot, if you're into that, I just can't get that out of here. Out of my head, right? But they are, they are not doing some kind of Jedi trick. That's not what's happening here. These people who own this house, these people who own this cult, they were leaning into this prophecy and thought, mm, maybe, is this it? I don't know. But if it is, I want to be, if this is the way God is working, I'm going to let God use my resources. You, the Lord needs it. It's yours. Take it. And they do. I wonder if they, if you saw somebody outside getting in your car, getting ready to drive away, and they said, oh, the Lord needs it. You'd be like 911 right now, baby, right? Yeah. But these guys are like, take it. If the Lord needs it, why? Because they could sense God is at work. God's doing something. And if He's doing something, I want to be a part of it. I don't want to miss the call. Is that your heart? I'm talking to Christ followers in the room. Those of you who have put your faith and your trust in Jesus, He calls us to follow Him with our resources. That means your time. That means your energies. That, that means anything, your car. You know what I love? We've got some, we, we have some folks in our church... There's a couple of them who are retired. And you know what they do? They use their car to go pick up people who need to go to a doctor's appointment. They'll go pick up somebody and take them who needs to get food. They'll, they'll, they'll run people around. They'll do errands for others. They are using their resources to serve other people. Do you think of your car in that way? Do you think of your home in that way? Do you invite people into your home and share your space with them and show hospitality. You know, that's supposed to be a mark of a Christ follower. Is that they would have hosp- that they would be hospitable. And that they would show hospitality to others. Do you use your finances in that same way? Do you understand that every paycheck that comes through your hands or into your bank account is actually comes from God? And are you intentional in giving back to Him a percentage of how He has given to you? See, God wants you to be a part of His work and His plan. And He wants us to respond like the, uh, of the owners of that cult. And if the Lord needs it, then you use it, whatever it is. This actually reminded me of a time when God used a donkey and two other people back in Genesis. In Genesis chapter 22, Abraham, Isaac, and a donkey. And here we see that God asked Abraham to do the unthinkable. Now, this passage, if you're new to the Bible, this passage is really hard. It's really hard to understand. It's so out of character. This is not the norm. But God asked Abraham to do the unthinkable. You know Abraham's story that he was uh, told that he was going to be the father of a nation, of many people. He doesn't have a son. He doesn't have a son until he's in these late 90s. And finally God gives him a son. His name was Isaac. And then God says, offer him back to me. 
Let's look at this real quick in this story. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. He said, Abraham, and God called. And what, how, did God, how did Abraham respond? Yes, here I am. Do you respond to the call of God like that? Can you even hear the call of God? And again, I'm talking to Christ followers because he's calling you. Take your son, your only son, Yes, Isaac, in case you're not understanding Isaac or or Abraham, you're only one. Yes, Isaac, the one that you love so much. And go to the land of Moriah. Let that, remember that, the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. He is asking him to do the unthinkable. Now, I want you to think about in your own life. What would the unthinkable be for you? What is God calling you to do? Is there somebody that he's calling you to forgive? And you're like, don't go there, God. That's the unthinkable. Is there somebody that he wants you to actually forgive, to restore a relationship with? Parents, is he calling you to restore a relationship with one of your kids? Is he calling you to, uh, maybe students, maybe he's calling you to forgive. Maybe there's some forgiveness that he's calling you to forgive, some hurt. Maybe Maybe there's some hurt that's caused by somebody that said they loved you. Forgiveness. And, and not being willing to forgive will lead to bitterness and it will destroy you from the inside out. But you're like, oh, I can't go there. That's the unthinkable. God's calling you to surrender. Maybe he's calling you to surrender your finances. Maybe he's calling you to surrender your time and actually go be a disciple of one of our kids and help disciple them or whatever maybe you have a gift in some way and in he's calling you to to surrender that gift and to use it for him what is that thing for abraham it was his son and you know what abraham does when he gets this call the next verse tells us abraham the next morning abraham got up early And he starts taking steps towards the call. Even though he doesn't understand it, even though this is the unthinkable, this is the hardest thing that he would ever be called to do. And yet he goes in that direction. He saddled his donkey. Here we see God using a donkey to help carry the burden. Think about donkeys. Think about, they're known as a beast, a burden of beast. They carry the burden, carry the weight. And that he saddles up, he, they chop the firewood, they put it on there. He gets two of his servants with him and he takes his son Isaac and they start to head out to where God was calling them to go. Think about if that donkey could talk. Right, don't you? I, lo- I love it. I, um, these talking animals on Disney and stuff. Do you, do, you, do you ever watch Shrek? Shrek is a pretty good movie, right? And Shrek, here's Donkey. Here's the quote of the day, right? Don't worry. This is Donkey talking uh, to Shrek. 
Uh, don't worry, things seem bad because it's dark and rainy. And Fiona's father hired a sleazy hitman to whack you. It'll get better in the morning. Right? That's the comfort of a donkey, right? God can even use a donkey. But on their third, on their journey, their third day towards that place, finally they see it on that third day. And when he looked up and he saw that place in the distance where God was calling him to, he, um, God says, uh, or Abraham says, stay there. Uh, stay there with the donkey to the other two servants. And he says, the boy and I, look at this, look at the faith. That Abraham has. He says, the boy and I will travel a little further and we will worship there and then we will come right back. Did you catch? And we will come. We're coming back. Because he knows if he surrenders, God's got a plan. God will use it. I hope that you'll hear that today. I know whatever it is that you feel like that God could never use you God's got a plan, and he will use you. It doesn't matter. If you're hearing voices of shame and guilt, that is from the enemy, and it's meant to keep you you paralyzed. If you're hearing voices of that you're a loser, and no, you could never be used like that, who do you think you are? That's the voice of our enemy, not the voice of God. God wants to use you, but you have to be willing to surrender. Well, they start walking up, just Isaac and Abraham. Isaac is carrying the wood to Mount Moriah, to that place. And as he's carrying that wood on his back, and Dad has everything he needs for the fire, he looks over at Dad. He's like, Dad, but where is the lamb? And Abraham looks at his son. And when he looked at his son, he says, God will provide. God's going to provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. And then they both walked on together. And sure enough, there it was. They got to the place. Abraham had everything laid out and just about ready to take action. But there, all of a sudden, God brings his attention over to a ram that was caught in the thicket. God provided If you would be willing to surrender what you have, God will provide for you for the call that he has on your life. Because he has a call on your life. Why? Because God uses people to accomplish his work. And you are his people. Back in our triumphant story... They brought the colt to Jesus. They bring it to Jesus. They threw their garments over it for him to ride on like a saddle, if you will. And as he rode along, now he's in the Mount of Olives, right? As he rode along, they're spreading out their garments on the road of him. This is a cultural thing, the way that they would welcome a royalty. And when he reached the place where the road started down, so now he's starting to go down. The people, um, uh, uh, all of his followers began to shout and sing. And as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles that they had seen, then they bursted out into this song, like this song that the kids sang. Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. They were attributing to Jesus 
attributes of the Messiah. And some people were missing the point. And the Pharisees there in the crowd. The next verse tells us, but some of the Pharisees who were in that crowd, they said, teacher. They were like, Jesus, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. You can't let them, uh, you can't let them attribute the characteristics of the Messiah to you. You're not the Messiah. They were missing the point. God was at work. God was calling. Don't get caught up in the crowd missing the point. It's so easy to do. It's so easy to become complacent. It's so easy to get, to get so distracted because there's so much going on in your job. There's so much going on in your home. There's so much going on at school. There's so much going on in your relationship, dating life, or whatever it is. But don't miss the point that God is calling you. He's calling you in your singleness. He's calling you in your marriage. He's calling you in your relationships. And He's calling you to accomplish His work. That's what He wants to do. Here, Jesus replied, Hey, if they kept quiet, uh, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. You know what He's saying? That even creation acknowledges who I am. If we don't, creation does. Every morning that sun comes up. This morning the sun was just like beaming as it just rose up. And it was beaming in through those windows. And I'm just like, thank you, Jesus. Because even your sun points to who you are. Then he said, or, and then uh, Luke tells us as he got closer to Jerusalem. And he saw the city. As he saw that city, his heart broke. He wept. Why? I just want you to think about that. Think about looking. This is a picture taken in March, of just, just this past March. This is taken by Dr. John DeLancey and a group of people that he was taken through Israel. And let me let you in on a little secret. Guess what? I get to go and stand in that very place in May. I'm going to go with Dr. John DeLancey and 40 other people, and we're going to tour. We're going to take our Bibles, and we're going to go to places like the Mount of Olives. We're going to open it up, and we're going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is mind-blowing, right? I can't wait to do that. Anyway, um, <laughs> Dr. John DeLancey takes this, and this is, at the, this is on the Mount of Olives, and look at Jerusalem. Jerusalem is just uh, down the valley and then back up again. And as he looks over there, there's the, there's, there's the temple. And do you know this? Do you realize this? Have you connected the dots for this? That when Abraham went to the land of Moriah and ascended to Mount Moriah, that that is the very place they built Jerusalem. And the very place that they would put, build the temple, would be the area where they believed that Abraham went to offer his son. And there Jesus stands crying. Why? Because the people of Jerusalem are missing the point. They're looking for a king to come on a war horse. They're looking for a king to come to deliver them from all the oppression of the, the Roman people that they have been fighting for years. And instead of looking for a prince of peace, 
for a prince of peace who would come and give them peace. And you say, how do you know that? Because look what he says. How, this is, these are Jesus' words. This is a quote from Jesus. How I wish today that you, uh, you of all people, meaning you Jewish people, you of all people, would understand the way of peace. Not the kind of peace that you're looking for on a war horse and a king to come and do battle and fight. But the kind of peace that only I can bring. But now it's too late. Peace is hidden from your eyes. Why? Because of unbelief. They just couldn't bring themselves to believe. Now, If you're not a Christ follower and you're in the room, maybe that's the place that you find yourself. You just can't bring yourself to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And that Jesus really will do everything that he said that he would do. You're just struggling with that. Well, maybe you need to pray a type of prayer is, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. And that would be a starting point for you. Because the kind of peace that Jesus is bringing is the kind of peace that Paul describes as peace between God and man. Look what he says in Romans. In Romans he says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, not by works, not by going to church, not by doing a bunch of good stuff, he says, you've been made right by faith. The same kind of faith it took for Abraham to follow God and take those steps of faith is the same kind of faith that you and I need to place in the person of Jesus. And we have peace with God. Why? How? Because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done. What has He done? Well, that's what Good Friday is all about. He went to that cross. It was Jesus. It was Jesus on that Mount of Olives as He came down and He was looking at the city. And his heart breaks for the people because they're missing the point. And as they're missing the point, he's praying. He's like, you know, let him hear the call. Let him see what I'm doing. But he knows the only way is for him. Just like Isaac carried wood, the only way for them to get it was if he would carry the cross. And so he would be there in that same area. Where Isaac was carrying the wood, Jesus was there being judged for our sin. He, Jesus, took on himself Rick Moore's sin. And he took on your sin. And with that, with that, he would pay. He would pay with his life. And then, Easter, a week from today... Right? We celebrate the resurrection. That he overpowered death. He overpowered the consequences of sin. And then he says to you and I, if we will believe that that's who Jesus is, then we too can have peace with God. That's why he came. Are you at peace with God? I want you to 
um, look at the very first next step. I, I, if you're online, there's a link for a connection card. If you're in South County, Scott would have gave you a connection card or it's on the chair that you're sitting on in South County. If you're right here, the connection cards are on the chair in front of you. Will you take that out? I want all of us to take out the connection card because here's why. The very first next step is about this call of salvation. And so... This call of salvation, here's how I put it. I don't want to hide among the crowd. I need to submit to Jesus. I accept salvation through him and will follow whatever direction he takes my life. Because that's the kind of faith that that you want to commit to. Well, that's a big step. I get it. That's hard. Yep. But it's a step so that you can be at peace with God. Do you have that kind of peace? Will you let us pray for you? That's why on that connection card that you pulled out of the chair in front of you, just check that box one. And then make sure your name and your phone number is on there. We'll, this week when our team gathers, we'll pray for you by name. If you will leave your phone number on there, uh, we will reach out to you and have a conversation with you about how you can understand to be at peace with God. And you won't have to struggle anymore. You'll be able to know that if you breathe your last breath tomorrow, that you for sure will be with Jesus. You can have that kind of confidence. The other next step is for the Christ followers. If you are watching online and you're a Christ follower in South County, listen, if you're a Christ follower in South County, if you're a Christ follower right here, this next step is for you. It says, I know that God is calling me to surrender. And what is it? What is he calling you to surrender? Is he calling you to surrender your dating life? So many of you are struggling with your dating life. But what if you surrendered it over to God? And what if, what if you focused on being the man or the woman from, that God is calling you to be? And then you just surrender that dating life and watch what God can do. Are you struggling in a relationship? Is that what you need to surrender? God, this relationship, this is, this, I just surrender this relationship over to you because I don't know what to do with it. Is it your finance? I don't know what it is, but you know what it is. It's that thought that came in the forefront of your mind. It's when your heart pounds when you think about that. That's like the Holy Spirit tapping you on the shoulder. He's trying to, he's trying to call. He's trying to talk to you. And he's like, surrender it to God. Whatever that is, check off number two and just put the one word where it says how to pray for you and put your name. And when we pray for you by name, we will, put, we will pray that God will help you to surrender whatever it is that you put there for that one word. And let's see what God can do in your life. Maybe it's an addiction and you need to surrender that to God. You've got an addiction to pornography. You've got an addiction to alcohol. You've got an addiction to weed. You've got an addiction to, you know, something. To alcohol, whatever it is. And you need to surrender that. And let's see what God can do. He's called you to live in freedom, not to be a slave. So, I hope that you'll let us pray for you. With those connection cards. If you're here in, the, in this room, you're just going to uh, take fold them and have them, drop them in the offering boxes on your way out. And I promise you that you'll get prayed for. And if you'll follow the link online, 
we'll pray for you. And South County, uh, Scott will uh, get those connection cards to us here. And we will pray for you. Here's how I want us to respond. In South County, um, I, here, I want us all to respond like this. Even if you're online. I want us to respond with this song of, I have decided to follow Jesus. And I want you to commit with your words and your actions to actually follow Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to stand and I'm going to ask you just to... You stand in a form of a posture that you are surrendering. Maybe it's your hands are out in front of you. Uh, I don't know. Whatever you feel like is a form of of surrender. Maybe it's your hands are up. (laughs) And God, I just surrender to you. But God... I have decided to follow you. And let's do this together.